When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 65 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Sailor. Willie Smalls in the house, but we got a special guest. Special guest. Special guest, Ben Askren, one FC champion of the world of the galaxy. Uh, Ben Askren, what's up, man? Good morning to you. What's going on, Christian? It's been it's been a long time. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, me and you did the the first FRL show. So you know I'm back to boost your ratings. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it well, and I thank you for that. Like I thank you for coming on now. As um, yeah, you were you were at the start of of FRL, and that was that was a great little great little boost. And um, but but get your ego in check. You know, it's it's it's, I, not, it's I, not all I, you, Ben. Highest ratings in show history today, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Entirely possible. Um, so we, we've got a lot of topics to hit, but one well, first, first, Ben, where are you at right now, bud? I'm in Wisconsin. You know, this is this is where I spend most of my time. I do a fight uh, November 13th in Singapore. I think my tickets booked for uh, I want to say November 30th. I'm I'm cruising over there, so. Um, you know, I do. Sp- I spend some time in Asia, but I'm, I'm in uh, America mostly. I really, I don't travel too much for wrestling camps anymore because I got two kids now, so I like staying at home. Uh, I just spend my, most of my time working on our Aspen Wrestling Academies, which we have two of those now. Cool. Very nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, the what precipitated uh, Ben coming on is is the uh, kind of it, it kicks up every summer, but to a larger degree, it seems like every summer the folk style freestyle debate. Um, Ben's D- done some thinking and a little bit of uh, analysis, you could say, about the topic, and wanted to come on here, and we're so we're happy to do that. But first, um, we kind of organically entered uh, while we were waiting for this to come on. Ben was talking about the rankings. Uh, 165 came out today, and he was saying that the the weights are weak. And um, I made a comment that, uh, and and as I've done the rankings for four years, that I feel like. The, a lot of these fields are weaker than than I remember them being, for whatever that means. And that kind of um, that's uh, stemmed into a, another conversation. Ben or Willie, if you want to. But hop Ben in here. said, Ben said, it's well, how can, you quanti- how can you quantify that, Christian? How can you say? How can you uh, have metrics on that the wrestling is worse? Yeah. But if, if it was worse, theoretically, right? If it's worse. Wrestling and that means wrestling in America is getting worse because the NCAA Division One is going to get all of your best guys. Right. Uh, so, so basically, what we're saying is, you know, all three of us were are in agreement that when you look at the new rankings, Christian's been putting them out uh, day by day, one weight per day, and when they come out, um, I think collectively we look at them and we say, "Oh my God, this guy's fifth in the country," and yeah. it just seems weak. Now, so that's what we're saying, and Christian is Christian's responding to Ben by saying, "It gets it gets that way every year. Every year I do it, and and it's just wrestling's getting thinner at the Division One level." Now, I will say, I do, I do the high school rankings right, and when I pull out the seniors in April or May or something, every single year I'm like, "Oh my God, the whole country stinks. There's nobody left." Ah. And, 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 but that's how it works. <laughs> the new guys, the seniors go out, the new guys come in, and and you're fine, and you have a good crop of kids. Is that Christian? Could that be the problem? Um, it it could be. I mean, for example, 165 had 12 seniors ranked last year that are gone now, so it's it's 12 to fill. And <coughs> what what I'm saying is, there were years. All right, for example, we had these gatekeeper guys, like, around 20. Like, I remember Drake Hudeshell, um was a guy. 
was borderline rankable for a lot of the, uh, a year that, where he where he was pretty solid, dude. There were a lot of guys like that that were good and couldn't break in the top 20. I'm praying for the Drake Kudashelts and, and guys like that. There are dudes with losses to guys that y- you got to Google. Like, who who the <laughs> heck is this guy? There are so many Google losses this year, and there's guys, um, you know, ranked inside the top 15 that have Google losses. So, uh I'm just like that that was not happening. So what is what quantifiable? I don't know. All I know is these losses and this kind of inconsistency I did not see last year to this extent and definitely the years before. And there's ebbs and flows and I'm looking 4 years in reality is a small sample size in, in a way. So m- maybe I'm overreacting but I'm just I just know what I was dealing with the and, you first know what? couple and of even years. the fact that these guys are still "Quote unquote unknown, or still have these bad losses, um, is even worse considering that any recruit that's coming out of high school with a pulse, we already know of, right? Uh, and we still can't find, right? We're still like, huh, I can't believe this guy's ranked. Uh, you know, guys, so- I, I do have, I, I have a theory about this. It was more on the, uh, it was more on the regional like level. For example, in Southeast Wisconsin, and my my theory is that. When you have a really good class, right, and they're coming up and they're junior seniors, they're hammering the freshmen and sophomore, and a mm-hmm. lot of these freshmen and sophomore that that maybe they're good or they think they're good, they get they get these beat down egos and they say, oh maybe I wasn't as good as I thought, or maybe they quit because they're not having the success they wanted to. And so then then those juniors and seniors they get older and the freshmen and sophomore become juniors and seniors. And so then you have a weaker class of juniors and seniors, right? Because some of the kids, when they were younger, they were, they they lost their confidence or they quit the team. So then when you have that that weaker class of juniors and seniors, the the current freshmen and sophomores are able to have a lot of success and build their confidence. So who knows? Maybe that's what we'll see. Maybe you know we we do have quite the class of you know Valencia's, Marsteller. There's there's a bunch of huge name guys yeah. uh, mm-hmm. coming in right now. So maybe that's what we'll see. Maybe it is just at a, a little bit of a lull and we're going to see a big burst here really quick. Cause we did just have, I think in the recent years we've had, right, we've been having a lot of younger guys, right? four timers, multiple time champions. We've had a lot of them. A lot of freshmen, uh, all Americans. Yeah, I mean, Isaiah sure. Martinez walks in and goes undefeated. Um, yeah. Kyle Snyder. I mean, Nathan yeah. Tomasello, Zeke Moisey, they're all in the NCAA finals as freshmen. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's interesting. It's something we'll see how the year develops. Maybe 165 will have a bunch of guys emerge, and we'll be like, "Whoa, this weight's really deep." But right now, that is not the case. Um, but the reason we're here, the reason uh, Ben Askren's going to join us for a little bit, is to talk about the freestyle folks. And Willie and I have gone back and forth on this, um, battled it out, and and here's the crux of the argument. And let's let's get the parameters and what we're actually discussing out here. It's not what is better, folk style or freestyle. What do we prefer? What is the best to watch? Anything like that. It is the argument is and the discussion is to what degree does folk style wrestling help or harm our freestyle success or lack thereof? Yeah, that is that's that's a good point. That is the argument. It's not I, you want my opinion? I prefer freestyle wrestling. I like points and I like action, and there's more of it in freestyle. However, I, you can't tell me uh, it's difficult to quantify that um, it, it's hurting us. It's hard to make that case, in my opinion. Um, so that's Ben's got points he wants to make, and uh, uh, I'm I don't plan on willing it, Willie, this this episode. Yeah, that's I mean, me, me, me and Christian have gone back and forth on this. Uh, I want to hear Ben's thoughts, and then cool. and then. Maybe we'll discuss more than argue. Yeah, let's so, try that for a change. So yeah, I wanna I wanna bring in the because I was just thinking about my wife calls me a nerd and and one night I'm like, honey, I gotta go to the office and I was in here for about I don't know two and a half three hours doing uh just doing research on this topic and I agree, guys. I think you can't say which is better, freestyle or folk style. That's like saying what's better, blondes or brunettes, right? We we like all of them and some people have preferences, but that's a preference, right? Um, I would say the one thing that frustrates me about freestyle and the one thing I would be hesitant to go to a freestyle system in America is that they literally change their rules nearly every year. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we're at a good point in the rules right now. 
but we've been at some really bad points where the rules are really, really stupid. So um, that would be the one reason I'd be hesitant to go to a freestyle system in America. But uh, on to my research, uh, and very diligent research. So what I <laughs> what I was thinking was that seven of the eight guys on the U.S. team this year made the the world team within a year of graduating. So I want to say, okay, how, how many people had success really quickly right after their college career? And so you know, because you would think you would assume that an extended uh, focus on freestyle exclusively is going to make you a better freestyle wrestler. And what I found is, um, and we can go, you know, if you guys have questions, I can go deeper into the numbers, and I actually have the spreadsheet up in front of me for every person. 23 of the 32 guys that were in the top four in America this year had their best finish within one year of last stepping on a college mat. One year. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. the highest number was there was 11 guys who finished – their highest finish within three months of stepping on the, the NCAA mat. So they, you know, they, they wrestled NCAAs in, in March, and then it was May or June for the trial. Right. So let's be let's be clear. the The best finishes, the best results for guys are is coming right at the end of their college career. So yeah, not so you're, not five years later after they train freestyle no. exclusively, right at the end of their college career. Right at the end. So you got you got five guys who actually were prior prior to their, their collegiate finish. And a few of these numbers might change, but not not a whole lot. You know, like I could see, say, Dave, Kyle Dake moving up one spot and, and improving his finish. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe Jordan Burroughs doesn't leave. Maybe he won't. Um, but, yes, there's a few of them that could change, but for the majority of them, I don't think it will. Um, and then, so then when you look at that, there's, of these 32 guys, there's 18 of them who made the U.S. team. And there's only eight of them who have made the U.S. team more than once. And of those eight who have made the U.S. team, six of them had their best finish in the first year. So what you're saying is they're having their best finish right away. You know, Jake Herbert finishes second in 09. He hasn't beat that finish. He, you know, he hasn't really came that close to that finish. And that was his first year exclusively freestyle. Our first, first year right after college before he started wrestling exclusively freestyle. So do you, have, do you have theories on why that is? Now, okay, so when we're yeah. talking about the freestyle folk style debate and people are saying, including myself, that – um, freestyle training is better for freestyle and people can look at these numbers that you're putting up and saying um, well see Willie you're wrong because they're doing better when they're coming off a of folk yeah uh, well I, th- I think there's a lot of theory you know I think I, and actually I've had a lot of people call me since I I kind of put this online a lot of wrestling people and just I, and I, I, I lead it off with well what's your opinion this is the this is what the data says what's your opinion and uh, I mean, I want to get just a little more into the data before I make any opinions. But so you had you had two guys who made the team five years after graduating college, which is crazy, and three guys who made it four years after qualifying uh, or after graduating college. And but you can explain some of those away because if you remember, they added the new weight class. So Nick Marable makes a team four years after graduating college, which is his highest finish. But at the same time, that was a new weight class. Yeah, but okay. I know that you say that, but was he, he also he also beat he also he also made the team ahead of a guy who just meddled. So if you're going to credit James Green for making it as a college senior, yeah, you should you shouldn't wash away Marable as an anomaly because of Olympic a uh, non-Olympic weight because one suggests one thing, one suggests the other, but one beat the other. Yeah, he's an anomaly regardless, though. I mean, because he he did it he did it so late. Like there just weren't many yeah. guys that did that. So even if it was at seventy four, yeah, but you can't you can't you say at, you can't say oh look at James Green, look at James Green, he made it right after college, and then say well Marable's an anomaly. No, but you, you can you can say there's more guys that do it close to college than after. That's what makes yes you can yes you can, but you can't attribute Nick Maribel. But you can't, you can't that, attribute Nick Narabelle's anomaly to a non-Olympic weight and then well, credit uh, James wait, Green. Wait, 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 wait. No, I think you can't because here, here's what I'm saying is I'm saying this year in 2015, 70 kilos was not a new weight class, but it was a new weight class last year, correct? Yeah. So, uh, so the first year of it being a weight class, Nick Marable wins it. When he didn't have that opportunity to win that weight, before that he would have had to beat oh, I see what you're saying. win the weight yeah. class, right? Sure. And so then the same thing with um, Kevin LaValle happened, and then uh, 
Who's the other kid? Uh, oh, Jimmy Kennedy. Um, Jimmy Kennedy, he was uh, three years out, but then in that case, you see. Uh, well, um, Rose Slater. Slater is highest. Slater, actually, if you don't remember. He made a world team. Slater made the world team oh, in yeah, 2010 right. or 9. 2009. Six years ago. World team. Yeah. 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 So uh, it, it's the, the thing for me and the thing that I struggle with. In, in this entire debate is this. If we are to believe that training freestyle exclusively is an advantage, then it doesn't make sense that guys coming out of, of college aren't succeeding. Or the guys coming out of college are having success and the guys that are training exclusively aren't. So to me, does that point the finger at the coaching system, at the system they're in, at the way they're training, the fact that if we believe that it makes more sense to train only freestyle than to train folk style and freestyle, um, well, I, and I'm not stupid, I think that that makes sense, right? To train yeah. the style that you're wrestling, but, but the, what's, it, it, what's happening that they're not having the success? Right. The data suggests otherwise, right? So what's, what is going on? So maybe that's the real issue. Why well, aren't we having... So, okay, everyone tell me. Tra- training freestyle is the best thing for wrestling freestyle. Okay. I'm looking at a lot of guys that do that that aren't making the teams over guys That's that right. aren't. And I would I would suggest that it's the training, it's the regimented season of college, not the style. I think um, the college season is preparing you to wrestle. I think yeah, it's it, getting you in more more and better shape than um, than these guys. And I'll tell you, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to call anybody out or call anything out, but isn't it an indictment of the regional training centers? Because there's guys that are exclusively um, dedicating their training to freestyle for five years, and they're not doing anything. They're getting yeah. beat by guys that are coming off the college NCA mat. Yeah. Um, two thoughts there, Willie. Number one, obviously, Chael Sonny was supposed to be on the, on the call. He actually just texted me. He only has a cell phone. He can't Skype. Um, you know, he just didn't make the walk, so he's making excuses, if you ask me. <laughs> but I, I know his point was that there was something there's something special uh, about the crucible of that college season that just ke- gets you ready to compete. you got to compete yeah. all the time. you got to be on your toes. You're in a, a room battling with uh, guys who are right around your way that are accomplishing the same goal every time. There's something about that that just... <laughs> You know, sharpens you, makes you as tough as you can get. So I think I think that was his point. Yeah, uh, I agree and, with that. And to and to add on to that, because I was talking to my high school coach John Messenbrink about this topic, because he loves international wrestling. He was saying, like with the Ohio RTC, um, they're they're the one having the most success. They they had three guys on on the U.S. team this year. Um, they've actually kind of simulated that environment now that they have so many freestyle guys training. So um, I wouldn't say I would say it's, it's the opposite of the indictment of the regional train system. It's it's actually uh, uh, it's, it's getting better because they're getting more of the best guys in a in a smaller area and they're training with each other. And I think really that's what they need. And you know you know what really makes it tough, Willie? Because I you know obviously I've been here is what really makes it tough. And they've made it better because of the Olympic weight classes, but a guy at 74 kilos and a guy at 86 kilos are, are 26 pounds apart. Mm-hmm. And then a guy at uh, 97 kilos, well, he's freaking 50 pounds above the guy at 74 kilos. So they can't train. They can't even train together, right? Yeah, you have so to train. So it's with hard to guys. recruit guys to, to train together because the weight classes are so literally so far apart. Whereas in college, I don't think you have that issue because they're all pretty close together except with the, obviously the exception of heavyweight. Um so, but I think I think it's really important that you have those high level guys in the room battling every day. I think I think that's one of the really important things that a, that a lot of people miss. Right, which further kind of shows that folk style is just kind of a, a deflection from the actual problem. It's a tra- uh, it's a it's a training coaching well, issue. I don't think that shows that. I mean, okay, because here's my here's my uh, proposition. What if, okay, so if there's a theory that it's not folk style freestyle that is the, um, that is the ingredient that prepares you, we're seeing all these guys come right out of college and have success. Um, what if, if we're saying that it's the training itself, the, the regimented grind of the season that prepares you to compete? So 
what if the college season was freestyle? Wouldn't it even be better? Yeah, you'd assume so. Yeah. I mean, you, you could you could assume that. You could assume that. But uh, I think it's – I don't think it's to the degree that the, the freestyle people would b- like to believe. I don't think it's that because I think they just want to be able to say – I think folk style is just a convenient – scapegoat for for a lot of them it, it could when, be okay. i mean hold on let me make one point uh you know brian snyder is, is talking to me about they did a crash course in freestyle for james green he couldn't mm-hmm. do anything parterre he was mm-hmm. useless they got him up to speed in a matter of months mm-hmm. and you're gonna tell me it's and then he meddles and mm-hmm. so this guy can get a crash course one a couple months out of uh, college and metal, then it's really not that big of a detriment, guys. He beat uh, out. He beat out the guy. He beat long odds, right? He beats out well, the guy that was the guy last year. He beats Marable, who's only training freestyle. And Jay, listen, James Green actually wrestled on some junior world teams, but like Bur- Burroughs, I don't believe had any international um, competitions before he won the world in 2011. So I mean, there's another. Yeah. I don't think Ramos was a big freestyle wrestler before he made a team last year. So, yeah, I mean, you are exactly. seeing these guys who have limited freestyle results. I mean, I wrestled freestyle all the way through. Every summer I wrestled freestyle except for 06. I hurt my neck and I couldn't. But, you know, so I was one of those guys who was competing in freestyle every single year and, and liked it. Um, but you're seeing some of these guys who aren't competing in freestyle too much in the summer, and then they're going out and making the team, you know, very close. So that that – yeah, I mean, I think obviously the parterre, um, the forced parterre was a big thing back in the day that they don't really have that anymore um, because you get, you'd get get guys on the mat when they're dry, when it was easy to lace and easy to uh, gut wrench them, and you don't have that now. So I think that's taken a, a big part of the freestyle specialty out of it. And the other thing, which no one's really talked about this, and I think it's really interesting, but with the two-point takedown, what you've done essentially yep. is you've changed the sport because yep. – Okay, say two years ago, you shot in on a single leg. I dumped you for two, and I gave up a one-point takedown. You would have to get two more takedowns, right? Yeah. Because it's a one-point takedown. Mm-hmm. But now with the two-point takedown, it's just not worth going for all these turns because if I get caught on my back, I give up two, right? Um, or if I give up a takedown, I give up two. So it's just it, there's not a huge reward to going for dumps and for headlocks and crotch lifts and all that stuff that there used to be it's not as big of a reward so i think you are definitely seeing uh, a simplifying of the sport of freestyle in that essence yeah i i would agree with that i think and and another point i'll make if, if you're coaching a guy properly um the the way they set up penetrate and finish attacks Folk style or freestyle, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's you're gonna get the points. So I think it's 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 how you are, are coaching the guys. And Jordan Burroughs and James Green and Kyle Snyder have been coached in a way that their style translates perfectly well. And they've trained in such a way that their takedowns work on, on both sides. So that is a is something that's important. And these are guys that had folk style success as well. So they're not mutually exclusive. Um, yeah. So, so that's a, that's another point. It's like if you coach guys properly, Spencer Lee can win Ironman and win Worlds, and Jared Verclaren can, you know, uh, you know. Play. But okay, that's right. That actually happened, didn't it? But yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But you know what? For me, um, when 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 people are taking these data points and and pointing out a Jordan Burroughs or a James Green or a Kyle Snyder or a Spencer Lee or a Jared Verclaren, um. And by the way, Jared Verclaren took like fifth or sixth in the state tournament this year. Right. Um, and and the year before didn't didn't place at the state tournament, but made the cadet world team. Um, so he's not a good folk styler, but he can win the world. I, I mean, theoretically, right? But when you're taking these when you're taking these guys at some, I mean, you could also ask if they are just the best of the best. If they're you know if they're just outliers. Um, but nobody has really uh, looked at it from a lifting all boats, you know, um, and, and an optimum situation. So we're taking these data points, but we're not saying, uh, theoretically, if the college wrestling season was freestyle, 
would our overall depth and level of competition and le level of proficiency uh, rise as a country? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think you have to say, I think you have to say yes to that. I mean, theoretically, Obviously. it's a, kind of a no-brainer, right? You, and you yeah. know what? You know what? You don't have any data. You know what that also changes, Willie? Um, let, <laughs> let's let's face something here. A lot of our best coaches in the country are coaching college, and what that does is you've got your best coaches focusing exclusively on that style. You've got Kale and John Smith and Tom Brands and Tom Ryan and on and on and on. And if I left your name off, you know you're a great coach. Um, <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is uh, a lot of our best guys, our best coaches, are college coaches who want college success. They want it whichever style it's in. Um, well, I'll say this, though. A lot, of, a lot of our best college coaches – a lot of our college coaches are college coaches because there's no freestyle coach. You don't get paid. There's no job. Yep. Yeah, perhaps that's true. There's there's limited availability in that. But the the point being, John Smith is now coaching leg laces to 40 guys every single day. And co and and Kale Sanderson, you know what I mean? It's like that would that would be another thing that lifts the boat. Okay? That's what I, yeah, so, right. So that's what so I'm that's my point. The style doesn't really change. Uh, or the style changes, but they're getting the best coaching. And that, more than anything, is going to lift the boat, more so than the style. I don't know if I'm right. – I mean, I, you know, in, when, we, when we battled about this in the past, um, about this freestyle folk style thing, you know, my point was my point, and I argued it vigorously. I, now, I don't have all the answers. But um, the, the concept that's really easy for me, and I don't know why it escapes people – is that like if you're wrestling folk style, uh, every second that you're drilling a stand up is a waste of time in freestyle. That's you can't even argue that point. I so don't know. I saw Ray Von Perkins hit a nice stand up uh, from Parterre. I'm being cheeky, but I've seen well, I've yeah, seen stand up. Right? Yeah, I mean, you, you, I you, you, um, so I mean, it, and it you know it also goes to it also goes to like Nate Brown was tweeting us last night about this topic and big shout nate brown and and nate kind of nate's point was that maybe you don't desire maybe you desire to wrestle in college and you just desire to wrestle in college and you don't have those aspirations um oh, that's fine that's fine but that goes to your objectives what do you want to accomplish and if if the if the overall a goal is to be the best we can in the world america um then the optimum thing is to have to wrestle freestyle. Yeah. I mean, I, there's no other way around it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't disagree with that. Um, obviously, like I said, I, I prefer folk style because of the rule changes and being under UWW. If you could guarantee me that the rules were going to be the same for the next 20 years, Willie, in freestyle, I would say, hey, let's change. Let's go change to freestyle right now with the NCAA. Well, uh, but yeah, I think it's hard to guarantee what, what, are, what are the rules going to be two years from now? What that's are they a great be? point. Because and look, furthermore, um, you got to educate. The, 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 the refing in freestyle is significantly more difficult in folk style. I mean, you see these guys at the World Championships who are literally the best referees in the world. And whether they're purposely, you know, I don't know whether they're getting paid or not, making these terrible calls. Or whether it's because they truly don't understand the sport of wrestling. I mean, I just saw, watching the World Championships, I saw some calls where I, it's either clear to me that the guy, A, doesn't understand the sport of wrestling, or B, is getting paid. I mean, um, Burroughs' final was an, a great example. That Mongolian got four points, no doubt. Now, Burroughs is going to win the match 99.99% of the time still, but that was a bad call. Um, Boris Novachkov versus uh, the mm -hmm. Russian guy. That was an atrocious call. I mean, it it was literally like I thought the Russian coaches paid. Right. Well, I mean, you know, if you, so, you what you know that that's always going to be right bad. There. How do you educate more referees when the best referees in the world are already what? giving matches away? Essentially, the point about the rules I, to me, there's always going to be bad calls, and and I think that the media and the fans should let should voice their opinion, that's a horrible call, this can't happen, we need to make adjustments, that's fine. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think it's a, I think you're always going to have some bad calls. However, um, what you're saying but about that, the Willie, rules, Are they going to be that bad? Are they really, in folk style, it's harder to make a call that affects, I mean, 
It, it, so, for example, the Novotkov match, right? Do you remember that match versus the Russians? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so Novotkov throws him for what I, I think is a clear four, and then the guy ends up turning him, which is a clear two for the Russian, right? So that'd be four points Novotkov to the other guy. I believe they ended up giving four for the Russian, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And, and zero to Novotkov. Zero, right? So that's so now so the score should have been negative two for the Russian, but now it's positive six for the Russian. Plus he gets the uh, the challenge point at seven points. There's a seven point swing there. That's seventy percent of a tech ball. In folk style, that would be like giving someone ten and a half points going the other way. Like Yeah. It's not possible. So, it, so the the bad calls in freestyle so greatly affect the match, right. and they're tougher for the referees to make because you truly have to understand the sport of freestyle wrestling. Sometimes to understand who is doing the the throwing to the back. If you don't understand freestyle wrestling well, you're you're gonna miss who's doing the throwing or who's putting him to his back. That kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, that's a that's a tough one right there. Right. I, I mean, yeah, I I understand it. The refereeing probably in freestyle is more critical interpretations more critical I, I just you're just always in my opinion you're always going to have bad calls i mean ian miller lost a match that he really won last year yeah. too you know uh but i think the point the point about the new rules and the consistency or the longevity um of of rules like staying having the same rules for 10 years or two cycles or something right i think that's a very um a very good point and the fact that the rules are what they are right now and freestyle is in a position of where it is right now, and fans are loving, fans are loving freestyle. Wrestling, yeah. wrestlers are loving freestyle. is a very um, important point because uh, four years ago, six years ago, after the world championships, you'd always you'd always get the the crowd that goes, well, you know, we could do better in freestyle if we if we didn't wrestle folk style. It's our second style, and like we're doing now, but now it is um, magnified. Now, now there's so amplified. There's so many more people really taking this conversation and this topic seriously. There's more message board posts. There's more tweets. There's more conversations about it because now the now the product is good. Now the sport is good, and so how long is it going to stay that way, Willie? That's, that's, a very, that's a very good question. Well, man. I think there's a point to be made about the folk style rules. Um, it, there's, no, it, there's been no major rule. I mean, like okay, the, the, right. The, I'm not saying the the rules change. I, I sure wish there was a major change. I, I think the product that we're seeing in folk style gets a little more boring every year, and it becomes more of a game than a sport and a battle and a fight when you've got these ed, this edge wrestling that is abominable, where guys are just fleeing. Um, the the mat and finding safety out of bounds when you've got guys dropping to ankles to acquire riding time instead of working for the pin instead of working for the pin the ultimate goal in wrestling i think those are huge problems in in folk style that drive me crazy that in folk style i'll admit it was my first love that's what i thought was the best and as someone who loved it so much i find myself becoming on the outs of it because of the product it is slowly creating. So I could, I think folk style could stand some change and they could use some refs that'll call stalling and they should. And this, the same thing. I mean, I agree a hundred percent, Christian. Um, I was always a folk. I grew up folk style and freestyle was a secondary thing. Yeah. And, but with, with the lack of, I mean, the, 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 the officiating, um, the officiating association just flat out says, we're not going to call stalling. We're yeah. not going to call it. We're they, not going to do it. Yeah. And then and then you and then you combine. So that's on your feet, pretty much, and and, and on top and bottom. But um, and then the riding time is pretty pretty much ensured uh, that you will have stalling. Um, it makes it very boring. It makes it very boring. Now, that being said, five or six years ago, we were saying the same thing about folk style with these one zero periods, freestyle. three periods, freestyle. freestyle. Right. So um, th- the tide has kind of swung. We've done a 180 where all of a sudden freestyle is much more uh, a much better product and folk style. We, we're thinking about revisiting uh, how it's how it's presented. Yeah, for sure. So that's, um, you know, 
that's kind of where I'm at. It's like freestyle is now becoming, and and no style is without its blemishes, and it's it's. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing too. When I was a kid, um, I'll say this: in a lot of states, in a lot of states, high school wrestling rules the roost. I mean, people had people would talk to me about, hey, whatever happened to that kid from Pennsylvania in nineteen? 19- 94 he was awesome whatever happened to him well he's working at a car wash now uh because he thought that a state title was you know the cat's meow he he thought that that was the end game um i'm telling you right now you find this find this hard to believe but i'm telling you that in pennsylvania and a lot of other states uh, high school wrestling was the end all be all and it wasn't until I think now that you're seeing more college stars, better media, better, you know, streaming of events, um, more awareness, more visibility. Now kids, instead of state title is the end game, now maybe colleges, right? Now we're getting to a place where freestyle has a lot more visibility. Kyle, Star- Kyle Snyder is a superstar. Jordan Burroughs is a superstar. The guys on our world team are identifiable. Like when I was a kid, you, I didn't know who I didn't know what. Like I might read a result, but I didn't know who what Jeff Prescott looked like. I didn't know what Jeff McGinnis looked like. You know, uh, now they're on Flow every day. Now they're on TheMat.com. Um, they're on these different places. Jordan Burroughs on television, and so now our, I think our younger kids can aspire for for goals beyond high school and college. Yeah. I mean, and, and I just think that makes a big difference because <laughs> if, if college is going to be boring and co- if college is going to be um, um, not conducive to winning at the Olympic level, we might have problems. Agreed. Agreed. Um, ben. Yeah. Got anything else for us, man? Any other parting thoughts? Uh, words of wisdom of which you've dropped a significant amount already. Well, I think so. I think I mean, and what I really want, and I've gotten some, is is feedback from the the greater community. So maybe you guys can comment on this. But so I think when you look at the fact that these guys are having so much success right out of college or prior to college, um, yeah, and we we discussed a lot of these points. But I, I think you have some certain things you have to look at. Um, is it is it because that's the peak age, right? Is twenty two, twenty three years old the peak age to compete? Is it because that college grind is making them tougher, right? Is it because um, there's no scouting film on these guys when they go to the Worlds for the first time? Yeah. Uh, so, so there, you know, there's obviously there is something there. And so what, what are the reasons why the results are not improving? Um, so, you know, any, anyone who's got feedback, I'd, I'd love to hear it because I think it's a very interesting debate. And then and number two would be, uh, th- this is happening. It's pretty clear whether you're talking about guys improving on the world team trials finish or guys not improving on their world's finish, right? Because we've said six of the eight guys that that have made the world team multiple times um, out of this year's class have not improved from their first finish. Um, so I guess the second question is what what is it about their training system that they're not improving? What is it about the American system that they're not improving? Um you know, what, what is it that, that people are, are failing to do that's keeping them from improving? Is it the whole American system? Is it they need to compete more? You know, what, what is it? So I think you got two questions there. And, you know, I have, I have some assumptions. And don't be a stupid person and assume it's one thing. Don't, don't do that. Because it's definitely multiple things that are leading yes. to, to cause I both of them. But uh, what exactly is it? And if I were a, if I were a senior leader... At the uh, sorry, Chael's texting me like crazy right now. <laughs> he said he wants to he wants to grapple someone. Ten minutes well, on the clock, no tap or it's a draw is what he says. Uh, we need we need that. to get Chael on here at some point. Um, so we we'll have to get him on there another day. But so anyway, so you know what? What are answer? If I was a senior leader at USA Wrestling, I would I would you know, and my my article's kind of amateur, but there's something to it. I would look at this and say, guys, what what are we doing here that our guys aren't improving? Why are they having their best results right out of college, and why are they not improving? Because there's something. Why is Metcalf? You know, Metcalf's made the team four times, never placed. Um, 
You know, Reese Humphrey took ninth in 2011, which is a year out of school. He took eighth in 2013. So he was actually one of the people who did improve, but it was only by one spot. And then this year he didn't place, um, you know, because I, I know I know these individuals who we're talking about. And I know that, you know, I don't want to say there's no blame on them, but these are the kind of guys who are willing to do whatever it takes to win. Yes. They're, they're willing to put their heart and soul into it. So at, at some at some place, the system's failing them, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the competing, whether, uh, you know, it's they need to start freestyle early, whether it's maybe the, the body peaks at 23 and now they're on their downhill. Um, but, you know, th- there's something there. Um, and so I'm more, I'm more want to ask the questions than anything because I don't say that I have the answers. I, I got my assumptions, obviously. Uh, but I think it's some interesting questions, interesting debate, and something that, uh, you know, I'm glad you guys had me on here to talk about it because it's a fun thing. And I know you guys, I listen to your show all the time, so it's great to discuss it with other wrestling minds. Um, so hopefully it leads to a debate, and maybe, uh, maybe it'll lead to someone saying, well, yeah, th- this or these things are the problems, and this is how we're going to attack this problem. And maybe um, maybe we see some improvement in the systems, and maybe guys start doing better as they go along. Um, in their freestyle careers because that would be fantastic because I love seeing America have success um, and I think it did nothing but improve from here. Sweet. Ben Askren, thank you so much for coming on. We'll uh, come on again soon and we'll be in touch with you down the line, man. And best of luck in your next fight. Knock that dude out. Don't poke his eye. I, you know, I might just have to poke him in the eye again. Ben, what are you, are you fighting that dude? uh... Yeah, the dude that faked the eye poke. He's an idiot. Yeah, yeah. Eat him up. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks. Talk to you later, Ben. Yeah. The one and only Ben Askren. Who'd have thought, Willie, it took Ben Askren to, to come on here and be a mediator and keep us civil with one another? We actually were civil. Huh? We're, we're, we're still BFFs. Um, okay. We're, we're coming up on 19 minutes. We're going to have to be shifting through five here and uh, keep this going. What, where do you want to go first? Uh, well, let me – to wrap that up, let me oh just say – I know you want to get on to other things. Jeez, Let me just say that it's it's fun that we're still talking about freestyle, right? I think it's great yes. that the whole community is talking about freestyle because usually a week after uh, Worlds and we're done. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm glad. Let's keep it rolling um, on, on the freestyle talk. I enjoy talking about it, and yeah. So so will you? I, I'll let you leave it up to you because a lot of this stuff kind of centers around stuff I've done. So where do you want to go with me first? Um. Well, let's. I wouldn't talk about rankings. Okay, I'm you always. Want to talk about rankings. Always. Uh, um. Okay, so Jimmy Gulliban came out as the number one, and I know you deliberated on it uh, on that topic a, a, a lot, and you had a podcast on it. Um. But I, you know, I just to to go to your defense. Um. I think a lot of people had a problem with it, and like, you know, what the heck, but. Who? What? What was your other options? I mean, <laughs> that has been right. my number one question. It's if all been. See, I mean, people went so far as to say, "Well, CP just did that for clicks." Okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, CP has about as much integrity as, as you have about as much integrity as anybody I've ever met. Thank you. And uh, you would not sacrifice the integrity of your rankings to get clicks. I know this. Um, but at the same time, uh, it does come out of kind of nowhere. Um, yeah. And and my knee jerk reaction was, Christian, you're a great ranker. This is absurd. And then I look at the other contenders and I'm like, who the heck else? Exactly. And the the what irritated me, it became this anti Jimmy Goulibon movement and pointing out all his flaws. So you want to talk about that? You want to talk about? Um, some of Jimmy Gulliban's loss at 133. You don't want to talk about Cade Moss pinning Dean Heil. That doesn't seem to come up in conversation. You don't want to talk about him losing to George Fisher and and Ke- and uh, Joey Ward and and all these guys. That that doesn't come up. It doesn't come up that Levon Mays, uh, you know, loses to Haran and Makati um, and, and all these other guys. That doesn't come up. All it comes up is. Jimmy Goulibon's career winning percentage? What the heck are they even talking about? Um, so for that reason, I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't. Uh, it's it's a tough thing for me. So to your to your point, all I want to do is 
the best job I can do for these. And doing these right is extremely important to me. And Jimmy's not even number one anymore. It came out uh, that Evan right. Henderson's going to stay at 41. Um, so he's still number two. And so if you were outraged that he was one, you should be outraged that he's number two because it's the same thing. Uh, but my point is um, that th there's just not a lot of options. And all I want to do is make sure that these are as close to right as possible. Right. So that's what I think I did. Well, I and I, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to present a case other than he was at 33 or LeVon placed higher or Heil placed higher or whatever. Um, that's all I want to happen. Someone bring that on me and, um, you know, make, make a legitimate case. Don't just complain. All right. Well, okay. One thing before I transition is Hunter Stieber at 141 is your 2016 NCAA champ. If he goes 141, I'm saying that it's kind of a willy prayer. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to see, I want to see Stieber end it with a title. Um, Me too. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if he's going to go 141, but I don't. I I, I I think he should. Well, I'll give you give you. I mean, I put this out on Twitter. I'll put it out a little more. It. it I don't think Hunter's going to go down. He's he's described as a an extremely. Um, I mean, he's a stubborn guy, and he really believes he can do it at 49. Maybe mm -hmm. he'll change his mind, but right now he he thinks he can. And the, the fact of the matter is, Hunter Stieber at 100% can win 149. Right, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Hunter Stieber well, at 149. With that field is – 141 – Hunter Stieber at 141 with that field, I, I take him. I mean, like as a heavy favorite. Yeah, I mean, I picked him to win last year. So you're not going to – I'm a huge Hunter believer. But I, I don't know about his health. And also with the information that Micah Jordan is going to come down to 41 – I feel even uh, stronger yeah. that, that that's probably the way they go. Um, All right. Now, um, now saying in saying that I defend the Gulaban ranking, or, or I did at the time, well, yeah, I still do, even at number two. Um, in saying that I defend that, and I respect your decision there, I have to ask, I have to be um, play bad cop now. All right. What is more important to you, season consistency or, or recency? Is it season consistency or is it the NCAA tournament? I know you've been adamant, adamant about um, the NCAA tournament is only one event a year, mm -hmm. and it does not is not the end-all, be-all when it comes to rankings because it does not supersede an entire body of work. Um, now... Uh yeah. know that about you. We know that about you. However, there are uh, some inconsistencies. Let me ask you about this. I don't like the ranking of Mason Beckman. Right. Um, uh, he Because I think he has a solid body of work and then also beat Hall and Taylor. Mm -hmm. Facts. Those so are facts. Why, so why is Beckman ranked below Hall and Taylor? Um and the rationale for that is that Hall and Taylor had a better season, but yet Kevin Jack, who had not a great season, gets credit for wins exclusively at NCAAs. Sounds like a contradiction. Yes, uh, it may. It isn't. And to, to ask me to say what has more weight or, or whatever – I don't know if I can answer that. Uh, although I'll, all I will say is it's situational. Is that what you're saying? It's, it's it, yes, it's, it's situational. And I would say that there is no 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 singular event that gets more weight than NCAA's. And I can't tell you the degree in which uh, we we move guys so much faster. We we react quicker to NCAA uh, events more than any other any other tournament. At, at, by a factor of five, probably. Mm -hmm. We move guys from unranked to top five. So we are very reactive to NCAA uh, success. So while your point is true that I, I do, we, look, we try to look at the big picture, we try to also be very reactive that this is the most important tournament and this is ultimately what matters. So it's about, for, so you look at a guy like Kevin Jack, all on one tournament, correct. But you're comparing him to the 141 field, 
where he's ahead of one Chris Makade, Makade, who lost to Mendenhall, you know, who had his bad losses as well. You're not comparing, you're comparing Mason Beckman to Nashawn Garrett. I'm comparing Kevin Jack to Chris Makade. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's 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 all it's a comparison issue, and the yeah. the guys that Mason's being compared against are far more consistent, successful, and have better wins than the guys Kevin Jack has been compared to, and that enables Kevin Jack to obtain a higher ranking. And, and, I, so, I, and I understand. And so, that's, so that that plays into a little bit why Gulliban's ranked ahead of Jack, right? Right. It was a, t- a tougher weight. Tough by far. But, well, it's a tougher it's a tougher weight now because I mean when they had Steber and it's kind of take out the Steber right. Carter Port dynamic and just look at the guys left. Yes, it was tougher and deeper and better. And um, so and, and honestly, you're not you're not if if you think Mason belongs third, I'm not saying you're an idiot or a bad ranker either. It's just not how I looked at the information. Uh, I felt like Mason. It wasn't like Mason, oh, he beat... Mason's losses are what? DeVoy? He lost to um, Jeff Alexander, Kevin DeVoy at conferences, and Jade Rouser at NCAs, which says to me, Mason Beckman, it's like some guys have terrible, terrible early losses, right? And then um, Ryan Taylor is actually an example of that. He lost to Mac McGuire and Rob Deutsch like week one, his first week at 133, Okay. And that held him back for a while and held him back and held him back. But he kept winning and kept winning and beating good guys. And then he, a term we use is called identity change. He is a different guy than from what he was when he lost those matches. So in a way, those losses are given less weight. For Mason Beckman, had he lost to Jade Rouser and DeVoy? Uh, yeah, but... I listen, know, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Had he lost to DeVoy and Rouser and, and Alexander week three and five... And then he does this. It shows that he's a different guy. Mason Beckman is still the same guy that loses to lesser dudes right now. So now, he lost to Rouser the same day he beat Taylor. Right. So I mean, it shows inconsistency in my mind, and it's a it's a bad it loss. Shows me that Taylor should be behind Beckman. Well, that we, I, Wait, I one, would, one guy beat the other guy. All right. And would you have Kevin Jack ahead of Devin Carter? Would you have? Um, you know, Eric Montoya ahead of Zane Richards, which I mean, I mean, would, he majored him. Um, I don't, who cares? I don't, that doesn't matter to me. He could pin him in the first three seconds. The margin of victory doesn't matter, um, at all. So th- that's, that's where I'm coming from. Uh, the Taylor Hall thing. I get it. Ben, Ben, I'm with her. I'm not trying to throw Ben under the bus. He's really pumped my brakes with Mason. Okay. Cause I'm like, yeah, maybe, maybe, um, but he he feels strongly about it, and you know it's a partnership. And I I I do deep down agree with him, right or wrong. Um, and I understand the point, but at the same time, I think it's I think it's the way to go. Okay, so sixty one sixty five came out today. Do we have to talk um, about it? Do we have to talk about it? Gosh. Well, we have to talk about the fact that it's Derringer and everybody else. Maybe Bojo. I mean. The top five top, are not strong. The top three are excellent, that, and then then we got problems. Right. Um, I mean, Isaac Jordan's a very strong three, and Bo, Bo Jordan's a very strong two. But, you know, Ethan Ramos, maybe he's going to be a star. I mean, he's as a freshman All-American, he's probably only going to get better, especially with an emerging UNC. But right now, he's he, he's got some blemishes. Um yeah, it's it's not a great weight right now, and we talked about this a little bit, and I don't want to belabor the point because I talked about it in the podcast too. It's just there there were not a, there's not a large influx of talent to this weight. Guys moving up, moving down, out of red shirt. So this is what you're left with when you have 12 seniors leave. Okay, so through we've re, you've released 125 through 165. I still haven't seen Brian Robuto's name. Yeah. He's going to go, and, you know, everything's subject to change, but it's looking right now, Brian Rilbuto's going 174, going up two weights. And um, sounds like he's big, man, and um, l- looking good. And I, I not... heard all kinds of I heard all kinds of stuff about I, – I heard Rilbuto could go 49. Oh, he might go 65. Oh, he's 49. thinking about going 74. I mean, I heard him all over the map. He's going to wrestle off Dean. 
<laughs> Loser um, goes to 97. No, I'm I kidding. think I think um, Cornell's interesting. I mean, they're a wild card, man. Who knows Nate, what way they're Deshaun's going? Deshaun's going 33, but then you still have Gray in play. Um, I, who? I, what happens there? Who goes 41 then? I mean, uh, Robuto's moving up two weights. Uh, Dean might take a red shirt. I mean, they're they're like really in flux, right? Yeah, they they've got. They could go 30 different directions, really, um, and, and no real bad answers, but it, it's it's hard to get your finger on it, and I don't know if how much the coaching staff really knows for sure which way things are going to go. You know, it depends on wrestle-offs and guys' weights and things like that. So, yeah, it's in flux. Um, real Buto, I do feel pretty confident he is going to go 74. Um, and what's the latest on – what's the latest on um, Dean? Dean and something we didn't really, t- or maybe it was in my article. I don't even know if we've talked about this on radio. Is the idea that he's going to go Greco, and that's actually sounds like the way they're going to go. Um, so, oh, it, but are they going to go uh, red shirt? Olympic red shirt for Greco Roman, trying to make. Can it you seem- can you do that? He didn't. It wasn't a medalist in. Listen, three- th- that's. Yes, he can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, it sounds like that's that's the plan. We'll see. You know, as far as I know, there hasn't been a final decision, but I think signs are pointing that way. All um, right, I want to hit two more things. I right, hit him, hit him up. Well, first of all, when will we know about Gabe Dean? I don't know. Okay. All right, two more things. Talk about Cornell in flux. Um, I think we know a lot of the lineups around the country. One thing that might be in addition to Cornell, some fluxes, question marks at Ohio State. We hit on Micah Hunter a little bit, but um, what's what? What is Ohio State, the defending champ? What's their lineup going to look like? Um, it, it could be. It very well could be very strong. Um, Nate sounds like he's he, he will be at twenty five, career twenty five. It sounds like then JDJ. Uh, Micah Jordan at 41, which is a surprise. He wrestled at 57 most of last year. Um, but no stranger to cutting weight is Micah Jordan. Um, Hunter at 49. Uh, 57, you could look at it. It's uh, hard to say. Could be a Jake Ryan. Could be a Justin Kresovich. I'll tell you what. I think Jake Ryan is a heck of a wrestler. Yeah, he's good. He's good. Um, comes from good stock. Uh, Bo at 65. He's staying there. Miles Martin sounds like he's getting the nod right away, and it sounds like he's looking really good uh, in the room. Yeah, very interesting. interesting. I thought for sure he was a red shirt candidate, but um, hearing good things about Miles. Yeah, so Kenny at 84 again, 97. Mark Martin is big as a house, guys. He's like over 200 pounds, uh, probably going to go 97. Told, uh, I, can I say I told you so yeah. six months ago? yeah. Yeah, um, so he's big and going to go up two weights, trying to pull a Heflin, um, who was went from 74 and was a national file at 97. And then sounds like Tavanello probably, you know, Haynes still struggling to get With healthy. Some, yeah, injuries. Right, so that's the lineup, and it's, it's a good one, man. It's good. It's a really good lineup. There's zero holes. Which, Especially which, for this year, I think. When I you, don't know. This I mean, year's a weird year, team race-wise, I think. Ah. Uh, Man, I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around Penn State or Oklahoma State not standing on top at the end of the year. But what do I know? Um, and yeah, Ohio State's a champion, but you, you lose Steber mm-hmm. and you lose Kyle Snyder. Uh, right. Sorry, I'm I'm yeah. struggling to find where um, those points are made up. Right. Um, okay, so there's two teams, Cornell and Ohio State. Be looking to see how their lineups shake out. Two minutes to go. Christian, do you want to talk about, um, well, let's talk about maybe people moving up and moving down. And uh, Two minutes for weight changes in the Olympic qualifiers. Oh, Olympic qual- oh, guys changing weights for Olympics. Yeah. Um, well, obviously the big one that, that came out today is David Taylor uh, finalizing what we kind of, we're already told was happening uh, via Coach Sanderson, um, and uh, yeah, 
was up there, had a great time at the Compound Flips Beach Games with all those guys and was happy to be able to um, interview David and, and get that on the record. So it sounds like he's going 86 for – and, man, he's big, guys. He looks uh, – you know, will he be the biggest 86? You know, maybe not. But he hasn't been able to lift. One of the interesting things, and I encourage you to listen to the interview, but one of the interesting things is he hasn't been able to lift the last last couple of years because, mm-hmm. you know, the way he said it. He couldn't put on too much weight. If I put on a pound of muscle, that's another pound I have to cut. And the cut was hard for him. So he's going to go up, and uh, I think it's going to be a re-energizing thing for David. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I'm excited. Who else is going to come up? Um, we'll see. There's a couple, but they're not confirmed, and I'm not just going to put it out there to put it out there. Um, and as I say that, Willie, the clock strikes 11. Any any parting thoughts before we depart? No, just um, interested to see the weight changes for um, the Olympic uh, the Olympic year. And uh, it was a really good conversation with Ben. He always yeah. he's always a good conversation, isn't he? Yes, always, always thoughtful, intelligent, and uh, we appreciate. Ben for coming on. Um, when are we gonna run this back, Christian Pauls? Uh, let's let's get, do the regular Monday Thursday this week, um, unless something else pops off. Uh, Monday Thursday, that's gonna be the plan. We thank you guys so much for tuning in to Flow Wrestling Radio Live, and um, we will be coming at you again Thursday morning, same time. Uh, be sure to hit us up on iTunes. Hit Willie up at Twitter at Willie at Flow, me at C Piles Eight. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.